This is Brian Lohman. On behalf of the Lohman Ray Insurance Group, welcome to this edition of High School Prep Football Confidential. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. I'm Jim Rosso. Jim almost brought the whole set down before we went on the air. Flagged for a legal procedure Something seconds like before it snapped, but I got set again, so we'll play ball. <laughs> there we go. That's Colin Likas, our quarterback here on the show. Evan Con Tamar McDaniel also along till 7 o'clock when Lovey Smith will have plenty to say on his show tonight. Oh, yeah, it's that's going to be crazy uh, probably day. the most interesting show of his entire tenure so far. Not as interesting as this one, though, of no, course, because not. we got – Elite eight teams. We do. Still kicking in we're the not, football. We're not at playoffs. the Elite Eight yet, but we do nope. have an Elite Eight team. They are elite, which means the top ten, which we will debut in the uh, paper tomorrow, will ha- include two teams that are no longer playing. That's right. Yep. So they, I, I take that as they'll always be in the top ten. Yeah, they, they can't change. They can't be uh, replaced by teams that are having a better offseason. This isn't the NFL. So <laughs> Hey, we, uh, we'll we keep going until uh, the state finals in the uh, – the stadium here in November. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Looking forward to that. I mean, uh, hopefully we'll, uh, well, we can't have eight teams because uh, as we'll talk about later, uh, we got some local on local mm-hmm. matchups, local on local action this week. So uh, won't be able to have eight teams rolling all the way, but maybe we can have a good four five, six teams rolling toward, toward uh, Memorial stadium. Well, I, like I've said, since September, Colin is going to guarantee that two area teams make the finals, so we have I, something to do yep. over Thanksgiving. That's I like nice at least you. two. I think there there could even be three, uh, but I like right. at least two. All right. Again, we're here for the next hour. Follow along on Facebook Live. Go to the News Gazette Facebook page. You, mm-hmm. We're on Snapchat if you want to check out Colin. Yep. He'll yep. be tweeting throughout the show, or you listen to the podcast if, uh, if you want a replay of what uh, magical words Colin says tonight. Yes. How yes. about that? Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get some uh, some magical words also from our, our first guest who we uh, have live on the air now. We're uh, joined by Paxton Buckley Loda athlete Gavin Coplia. Gavin, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Well, you guys uh, beat Vandalia thirty-three to seven, the first road playoff win in more than twenty years for Paxton. Uh, what what did that mean to you guys to to come up with that victory? Uh, it meant a lot. We. Really, uh Got this guys back on track, and we're going to try to get going deeper in the playoffs. I mean, uh, how do you approach a game like that where you guys, one, are on the road, but also, two, you guys are the, the, the lower-seeded team, so maybe some, some teams, some opponents, some fans might overlook you or something like that. How do you approach a game like that? Oh, we just got to go out and come ready to play and give it our all and be ready to hit. Well, uh, you uh, took over as quarterback uh, for that game uh, after playing a little behind uh, Gunner Belt for a little bit. Uh, what was it like getting back on the saddle there and uh, leading your team to victory from uh, under center? Oh, when first when Coach Graham first told me, I just knew I had to step up for the team and do whatever he needs me to do and try to get the job done. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what did you? Uh, what were some of the things you? You learned while you were uh, working more of a, of a backup duty behind Gunner that uh, that helped you out when you got back to the starting role uh, last weekend. Uh, well, you really just gotta work hard and practice throughout the week and get prepared for the game on Friday or Saturday, and 
will make you prepare you for the game. Yeah, well, uh, talking with uh, Gavin Coplia from uh, Paxton Buckley Loda, uh, you had uh, three of your scoring plays. You scored four touchdowns, uh, two passes, two runs, but three of your plays went yeah. for more than 45 yards. How were you able to break off such big gains? Uh, well, two of them on the throws, just the receivers did most of the work there. It's just getting their legs in it and getting the back. But on the run, I just found a hole, and there was opening running room, and fortunately uh, I got in the end zone. Well, uh, even though you were not uh, the starter for a few weeks there, it seems like you have a really good connection with your <laughs> wide receivers. What do you what do you attribute that to? Uh, well, we – I were we would always work on it in practice and throughout the year and we've got a good connection even though I haven't been playing. Sure. Now how about on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, what allowed you guys to slow down a Vandalia team that uh, I'm sure was scoring more than seven points a game entering this contest? Yeah, uh, our D-line did really well getting uh, to the QB. I think they had like nine sacks and uh, that helped us. Uh, we... Uh, tackled good and didn't miss many tackles and yeah that's uh simple as that simple as that well yeah. uh do you uh have any inkling of uh whether you're uh, you're going to be playing starting quarterback again this upcoming week against carlinville how do you see yourself fitting in to the offense this week uh i think i am uh it's still early in the week we uh haven't done much yet but we're just going to work hard and practice this week and get ready for Saturday. Certainly. Now, uh, what do you guys need to do to knock off a, a team that's undefeated and a number two seed in the Class 3A tournament? Uh, we're just going to have to come ready to play and give it our all. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just to round this out, uh, it's, it's a home game for you guys. Uh, what is the, What's it going to mean to you guys to be back at home for the playoffs? And, and does playing at home give you guys an advantage? Oh, yeah, it's definitely a lot more exciting uh, playing at home with the home crowd with you and hopefully they can get into the game and help us out very good gavin coplia from paxton buckley loda football they're taking on carlinville on saturday gavin good luck this weekend thanks so much for being part of the show thanks 2 p.m saturday kickoff having been introduced to PBL football in the early 1990s. Mm -hmm. uh, Gavin ain't lying. No, right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great, great atmosphere. That's right. Yeah, it's gonna be it's uh, it's gonna be festive, and uh, mm -hmm. especially uh, after Paxton, you know, pulled a bit of a minor upset with, as a 10 seed over a seven seed last week. Those fans, uh, they weren't sure if they were gonna get a home playoff game, so they're gonna they're gonna throw all their support behind Paxton as they try to uh, to uh, set up an even bigger upset. Colin, I'd love to hear uh, a story on your end about who's got the best tradition Ooh. in our area. And PBL certainly under the Jerry Zimmerman era mm -hmm. uh, was uh, was high atop that list. Yeah, that's, so many. Uh, uh, the competition is stiff. But oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just you just go around this area. Pretty much any football uh, stadium, any football field you go to. I mean, it's just uh, it's just oozing with tradition. I mean, you got fans who. They graduated from the school 50, 60 mm -hmm. years prior showing up. There's uh, people painted up like uh, like all kinds of crazy colors, signage everywhere, chants that you just hear after very specific uh, 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 plays in a game. 
uh yeah it's there's there's so much passion around our area football scene it would be hard to to rank uh uh which team has kind of the best fan support in that regard oh, but maybe there's some way we could let's try it, it. Okay, yeah <laughs> i'm sure all we would do is make one school really happy and upset right. the rest of them probably but it would still be really interesting if we could find a way to kind of gauge who had the best support the arrival of carlinville brings back memories too that was an old uh, pbl rival back yeah. in the day as well okay okay well they're going to renew that rivalry uh this week and uh we're, we before we move along in the show let's uh, hit on one more thing with paxton i uh, got to talk with coach jeff graham earlier uh, earlier today uh, he chatted with me about the importance of getting that first uh, playoff win on the road in more than two decades Maybe we can just play on the road all the time. I think our, you know our three our three losses have been at home. You know, so uh, you know somebody asked me about being on the road versus home, and it, it it does seem like there's there's fewer distractions. I mean, you get mentally focused on a bus ride, and uh, you know go down there and just play football with with less distractions than than actually you have at home. But but no, that's huge for us. You know, hopefully it's a confidence builder, and and uh, you know hopefully we can continue to. to to play that way and, and, you know, keep it going. That was Jeff Graham from Paxton Buckley Loda. You know, he has a lot invested in this program, not only because he's a, a head coach, but because he's a Paxton graduate himself. Love it. One of uh, a heavy afternoon slate this week. Yes, it's all afternoon. No more Friday night games, nope. no more Friday Saturday evening games. You, you can have a Friday you can have a Friday mm-hmm. night game, but right. both teams have to or both schools have to agree on it. But uh, yeah, no Friday night games this week. Everything is taking place between one and three o'clock on Saturday and we'll talk a little bit more about that in detail later on in the show. There was a time when Illinois football uh, teams would try to avoid uh, competing with that, but uh, sure. as, as the program has slipped a little bit this year, the the two o'clock start is yeah. not uh, yeah, too rare. I, I also think it's just generally easier for uh, you know for fans for players you know instead of playing what three four hours after school gets out and the hustle and bustle it takes to get set up with that fans coming in and assistant coaches coming in from jobs uh, at other places uh, instead you get a, a nice Saturday matchup where everybody gets to rest a little bit get up uh, at a reasonable time and go out and play some football. All right, the fun part of the show continues after this break when we uh, dip into Collins' top ten. What are the two teams that are in it that are out of the playoffs? We'll find out after this break. Now back to the Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. 614 in the beautiful News Gazette Media Studios here in downtown Champaign. Great news, the studio will stay open during basketball season. We'll have more on that later. Great to hear that. Yes, absolutely. Really looking forward to that. The show rolls into March at least, and then maybe we'll carry it on into the spring. Maybe. We'll uh, we'll see what we can can do, but uh, yeah, glad to... Glad to have this show rolling past the football season. Jim Rosso with Colin Likas. We're talking football, though. Assuming we've got a, a, a guarantee of a couple teams moving on, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Thinking, I, what what I, happens if everybody loses this week? We yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we we talk about uh, we talk about a lot of Chicago schools that uh, people aren't really <laughs> interested in down here. I guess that's uh, that's that's what we're going to end up with. So uh, area teams, please win if you can. <laughs> All right, uh, in tomorrow's News Gazette, if you pick it up, uh, it will have Collins' top ten, and as I always do. I have it here in my hands. <laughs> Let's unveil you it. Wanna, you want to kick it off? Do All it. right. 
Well, we're going to start with two teams that lost by a combined five points in their uh, first-round playoff games, so tough way to go out. But they still make our top ten as a, as a small consolation prize. Uh, checking in at number ten this week, we've got the Champaign Central Maroons. Uh, they, they're down four spots after a narrow loss to Carbondale, 31-28 to in the first round of Class 5A. Uh, Terrell Evans rushed for 159 yards. Jalen Booker, who we will certainly talk about during the basketball show later on, uh, 61 yards and two touchdowns for Central. Luke McMahon had a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, Carbondale hit a 30-yard field goal with a little less than six minutes to play, and the Maroons just could not uh, find that tying or, uh, or winning score. So the first year for Tim Turner ends a very strong first year for that program, or for his program, I should say. Uh, as the Maroons almost pulled a 5-12 upset as far as seeds go. At 6-4, and four, I would say Tim Turner might be in the running for Coach of the Year. Certainly. He's uh, yeah, very impressive. Uh, I feel like uh, what he mentioned to us on this show last week, there were some who were not expecting this program to be even a playoff team this year, and he, uh, he proved that wrong and almost mm-hmm. got him a playoff win to boot. So uh, good showing for the Maroons. Moving on to number nine, we have another central, the Prairie Central Hawks. Uh, the Hawks are down four spots as well. They lost to Murfreesboro, twenty-two to twenty. Got the got a, a touchdown with three seconds left to play in regulation, but the two-point conversion was stopped by Murfreesboro to end Prairie Central season uh, in the Class Four A tournament. Collier Palmore had two touchdown passes and a touchdown run. Uh, maybe, maybe it didn't work out because, uh, because Donald Trump was not there for the coin toss. I did hear he was invited to Murfreesboro to do that because he was, he was in Murfreesboro already for some campaigning. Uh, but alas, uh, the Hawks season comes to an end. Kirk Brandenburg's team, another strong showing, uh, consecutive playoff berths and just a little bit short of advancing, uh, to the second round through the, uh, six eleven seed matchup. Uh, let's move on to number eight. Uh, we already talked about this team a little bit, the Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers. Uh, they are new to our rankings after defeating Vandalia 33-7, as we mentioned before. Gavin Coplia, two touchdown passes, two touchdown runs. Uh, Ken Humes and Mason Ecker caught those passes. And uh, Vandalia didn't even score till the fourth quarter, so Paxton nearly pitched a shutout in that game, despite being the 10 seed to Vandalia 7. Uh, Paxton moves on to host Carlinville, a undefeated two-seed Saturday afternoon. And checking in at number seven this week, we have the Arcola Purple Riders. They are up two spots after uh, defeating Salt Fork 31-13 in the first round of the playoffs. A little bit of a slow start for Arcola, but they uh, eventually ramped it up before running away with the game in the second half. Uh, Avon Franco caught two touchdown passes, rushed for another, and picked off a pass in the game. So huge performance. He's just a sophomore, Yvonne is. So that was a big day for him. Do you have something you want to say? Well, J.J. Lockwood, our, our Salt Fork rep, yeah. uh, doubted my call that Arcola would go three games into the playoffs. Yeah, J.J. JJ was uh, standing right behind me along the fence uh, as the uh, – as the game went on, uh, trying to get updates uh, mm-hmm. from not only, well, he was getting updates from Salt Fork, of course, but he was trying to get updates from the other Vermilion uh, County games that were going on as well. But just to round out our, our point about our cola here before we jump to our next guest, uh, Bo Jones threw both of those touchdown passes and Austin Hopkins rushed for a touchdown. Our cola is going to travel to play Concord Triopia, a third seed, Saturday afternoon. And following up uh, on our talk with the Purple Riders, we are joined now by Arcola athlete Miles Roberts. Miles, thanks so much for being part of our show this week. Yep, thanks for having me. Of course. 
Now, uh, you guys fell behind Salt Fork really early. It was only uh, three three offensive plays, and you were down 6 nothing. Uh, how did you guys keep the uh, the intensity up on the sideline, make sure you didn't kind of slip into a negative mindset? Uh, we know that uh, throughout this season, we've had a tendency to sometimes have uh, slow starts. So this uh, certainly wasn't the first time that it happened, but uh, we trust our coaches, our coaching staff, that they would help us make adjustments, and that happened. Our defense really toughened up as the game went on, and that helped us win. Yeah, well, uh, you guys certainly did make adjustments because after Salt Fork scored on the first drive, uh, you didn't allow them to score again until the game was well out of reach. Uh, what were the keys yeah. to the defense performing as well as it did? Um, well, going to the game, you know, we did a lot of watched a lot of film. Uh, we uh, knew that they had a really talented quarterback, um, and obviously um, on that first uh, touchdown run they had, they have a really good running back too. Uh, pretty explosive offense all around. So uh, our DBs, you know, going in, uh, did a lot of uh, preparation and practice, and we knew our defensive line was going to have to contain the quarterback, and I think we did a good job of that. I think our DBs did a really good job of uh, stopping the pass, and uh, after that first drive, they couldn't really get much going on the run either, so uh, I just think we did a really good job making adjustments and uh, stopping a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would I would agree with that. Uh, talking with uh, Miles Roberts from Arcola, uh, you are one of the few seniors on uh, this roster that is filled with uh, underclass talent, uh, but that also means you remember the 2015 state championship run. Uh, how much does that help you and the other seniors uh, right now? Um, well, you know, it's great looking back on that year, but it also – you know, I have uh, a lot more playoff experience than a lot of the uh, other younger players. I mean, we're a pretty junior-heavy team. We only have a few seniors. Um, so, you know, I can kind of, you know, the past couple of years we've uh, unfortunately lost in the first round. This is the first time since my freshman year that we've actually gotten past that. Um, so, you know, I uh, I think I was uh, I was trying to do a good job of keeping us encouraged, especially after we got down that first score. And uh, just, you know, keeping us going because I didn't want us to, you know, lose our first game like I had, you know, especially not my senior year. Uh, so I think we did a good job. Uh, I know the other seniors, we have a lot of leaders on this team, not just seniors, but uh, we have a, a good senior class as far as leaders go. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely do. And, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about those underclassmen uh, from your perspective as well, being a senior. You guys, you guys have so many juniors and sophomores and even a few freshmen who are contributing to the varsity roster. I mean, what uh, what has that been like to watch? Does it surprise you with how fast these kids have developed? Uh, yeah, it has because I remember when uh, most of these kids, you know, were just little freshmen, you know, hadn't really hit growth spurts yet. Um especially the freshmen and sophomores. Um, I remember a lot of them playing in JFL um, with my younger brother, who is a sophomore right now. So it's kind of crazy, uh, especially watching our quarterback, Bo Jones, who, you know, had a really good game Saturday. He's only a sophomore. And I remember watching him in JFL and saying, yeah, this kid's going to be pretty good, but I didn't know he was going to be this good this soon. So it's it's been a pleasant surprise, you know, mm-hmm. especially with a small senior class to have all these underclassmen step up and play huge roles. Um, it's nice to see, and I know that we're going to have a bright future ahead of us as well. Absolutely. Well, uh, you, you mentioned uh, growth spurts among those kids. I wanted to talk about something else uh, size-related with the Arcola Purple Riders. Your guys' lines, your offensive and defensive lines. I noticed your kids, uh, you got some big kids on those lines. I mean, how, yeah. how much does that help you guys win football games, having a uh, bigger offensive line and defensive line than maybe some other 1A schools do? 
Oh, well, you know, uh, size matters in a lot of ways in football. Um, obviously, you know, just from a physical perspective, you know, it's intimidating when you're lining up against a guy, you know, that's like twice your size, you know, you know, when they're pushing 300 pounds and most 1A linemen are only about, you know, 200 pounds or so, uh, that's kind of scary. But also I think something that's overlooked with our, uh, big line is that not only are they big, but they're also, you know, strong, mm-hmm. athletic, they move well for their size. And that's really what's scary, not just their size, but, you know, how they can use it um, and be effective. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Miles Roberts uh, from Arcola Football. Uh, a couple more questions for you, and we'll let you roll on to getting prepared for Concord Triopia. Uh, what do you know about that team? They're a three seed that's at 9-1. and one. Uh, How do you guys get your uh, get your points and get a win over that team? Um, well, we know that uh, points are going to be, you know, we're going to have to really work for our points. Uh they have a pretty tough defense, and they really like to uh, mix it up, especially with their linebackers. They like to blitz a lot, which could make uh, running the ball tough if we uh, don't make adjustments and if we don't uh, you know, really do our assignment, especially on the uh, line. Um, we're going to hopefully look to get to the ball to the edge if we're not or uh, pass more, especially like we did the first game uh, when running necess- wasn't necessarily you know working all the time. Right. Um, and... Uh, I guess defensively, we know that they uh, they like to run the ball a lot. Uh, they have a really good running back, and uh, they hit the holes fast. They they only run a few plays, but it's simple, but it works. Obviously, they're nine and one, um, but I feel confident with our game plan. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be four quarters of uh, physical football, but um, I think we have what it takes to come out on top. Well, uh, I want your honest opinion for this last question here because you mentioned it earlier. This is the first time you guys have been outside the first round since you were a freshman. Is this season going to end up like that one did? Ooh, um, well, I, I'm not gonna. I'm probably not gonna be able to give you a straight answer on that. <laughs> um, obviously, it's it's nice to you know look at that year and say you know wow, wouldn't it be great if we could do that again? But you know, in the playoffs, uh, you really have to take everything you know one game at a time um you can't look ahead too much because you know every team that we're going to face from here on out is going to be capable of beating us uh so we just have focused on this week um i do think we have what it takes um i think we're capable of making a playoff run uh but also we have to stay focused uh, week to week you know nothing's guaranteed at this time of year absolutely miles roberts from arcola football thanks again so much miles for joining us and uh, good luck this week against concord triopia Nope. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Miles just made my whole interview team. Yeah, there right. you go. He didn't, he didn't uh, fall for your trap. No, he did not. He. Uh, I, I I may have surprised him a little bit though with that one, but uh, he he. I thought he was going to answer the question earlier because he, he he pretty much read it out uh, when he was talking about uh, the 2015 Arcola team that won state. Uh, that was one coach ago and uh, a whole different team ago though. But I'm sure Arcola and its fans would be glad if they could get that same result uh, hey, this year. Hey, if you want to see the photos from Saturday's game, uh, check out newsgazette.com. We have a gallery full of. They got cool uniforms. Oh, yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, uh, the color purple, for some reason, just kind of works with with Mm -hmm. sports uniforms, I think. But uh, before we uh, take our next break, I wanted to uh, hit up Arcola one more time. Uh, Able to to talk with Coach Nick Lindsay earlier this week. Uh, He uh, chatted with me about those juniors and those sophomores and those freshmen who have made a big impact on this team. Juniors, yes. Sophomores, we were not. We've even actually started a couple freshmen this year 
you know, which you never you never want to do. You never want to throw them into the fire like that. But our, our kids have been through a heck of a lot this year with injuries and, you know, it's just some other stuff going on. But I think that it's no doubt about it has helped us prepare for, you know, adversity. And, you know, it's kind of that next man up type uh, mentality. And, you know, nobody's eyes get too big when somebody goes down because, you know, we've been through it. You know, we played week eight and week nine with kind of patched together offense and defensive lines and, you know, had freshmen stepping up. So it's it's uh, difficult at times and stresses me out, but I think in the long run it's really helped. That was uh, Nick Lindsay, our COLA coach, who, despite the fact he's a little stressed out, is probably feeling good that he still is game planning for football right now. Okay, you know I've been bugging you all year to move Monticello ahead of Gibson City. Right yes, now, right? Uh, I, I do recall that. Okay, well, after this break, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to apologize to you. All right. All right. We'll be back after this. The Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Jim Ross with Colin Likas here. The uh, Prep Football Confidential reaches far and wide, I found out today, Colin. Yeah. All right. It's taken my daughter, Kitty Rosso, sophomore champion Central. <laughs> To a little root canal work. And who did I run into at the chair? None other than Dr. Heath Grody. Yeah. Pride of Gibson City. Oh, there we go. All and right. I, immediately I shrunk. <laughs> I said, Doc, I'm sorry. I was pushing Monticello to top <laughs> the Falcons. But um, he is a longtime ref okay. as well. He, uh, he and his crew, some of the folks you might recognize. Yeah. We uh, worked at, uh, they told me maybe Warrensburg last week. And, okay. Uh, they've, they've worked a state championship last year. They got to see Gibson City, the game ahead of them, yeah. win the game. Yeah. I think uh, I think there was a name you, you mentioned. Well, he said Jim, Vo- Jim Voiles, right? Jim was Voiles, yes. He was the guy we, uh, the guy, <laughs> he was the man we uh, we ran into, man on the street, uh, when I was doing a story about Tuscola football ahead of state last year. He was uh, a guy that Rick Danzel and I, photographer Rick Danzel and I, happened to run into at a mm-hmm. Tuscola supermarket, and he did an interview for us, and he actually mentioned at that time he was a longtime ref who had done some, some state work before, so funny coincidence. The good greyhound that Heath Grody is, he wanted to, he's a team player right he said just don't mention me mention my crew <laughs> so jim voiles grant norn another uh, name yeah. i recognize from years past chris long clint howard think, heath crody man I think chris long is an active nfl player actually. i'm uh <laughs> i'm all for the area guys reffing these games oh yeah absolutely i just uh yeah i'm uh not surprised though that uh they they, they didn't let him get the uh, gibson city game i mean uh, i'm sure he would have been impartial mm-hmm, but right you never know what would happen with some opposing fans who, if they lose, say, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> well, if uh, we don't get an area team in the, at Memorial Stadium, we'll get these guys at Memorial oh, Stadium. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, area refs, you know, any refs uh, around Illinois, the numbers are low. Uh, you, you hear it. You'll hear an announcement during pretty much any game. The IHSA is looking for refs because numbers are down. Uh, the pay isn't amazing, and they take a beating during during games from fans and from coaches. And it's a thankless job, and you know we gotta we gotta show them some love sometimes. You can relate to that, Colin. <laughs> in, a, in a different way, uh, I, I I get to hide in my office at least. They have they have no shielding whatsoever. They just get get yelled at. So 
uh, yeah, got to got to give the refs some love. All right. Anyway, I, I'm all for Gibson City being number one. There you go. <laughs> it, it, all it took was the fact that your daughter's mouth might get screwed up <laughs> if you don't say that. So. All right. Where are we on our top uh, ten countdown? Well, Colin? we are uh, at number six, and uh, it is the Fisher Bunnies. Uh, Fisher uh, up two spots this week after defeating Cumberland 48-15 to for its first playoff win since 2005. Uh, the Pirates were averaging 41 points entering that game, so the fact that Fisher held them to 15 is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, the Fisher offense, meanwhile, had 459 uh, total yards. Tyler Wilson rushed for 205 of those and four touchdowns. Tyler was one of our first guests on this show back when it, back when it started. Uh, Will Delaney rushed for two touchdowns, passed for two more. Uh, the Bunnies back. Back clicking again, and uh, they they get to a tough test this week when they uh, visit Argenta Oriana on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit more about the Bombers later, but uh, right now I want to take it over to Fisher coach Jake Palmer, who uh, spoke with me earlier today, actually earlier yesterday, I should say, uh, about playing with with the, uh, more emotion, more fire in the team's first home playoff game since 2008. Honestly, Colin, the last couple weeks we have not played with much emotion. I've tried to be very kind of uh, cool cucumber on the sideline and not let the moments, uh, you know, be too big. And I feel like at times that's kind of taking away from our, our passion for the game. So um, I was on our kids all this week about being fired up in warm-ups, um, you know, being fired up for the game. And, and they came in, they were just locked in and really excited. I mean, you could see it from the first snap, just playing with a ton of effort, a ton of enthusiasm for each other. You know, we really just wanted to go out there and play well for those seniors uh, so that way we can keep playing and, and keep coaching this week. So our kids did that. That was Fisher coach Jake Palmer, a frequent listener of the show, which I always appreciate. And he uh, he's still listening even after I picked Cumberland to beat Fisher last week and was proven wrong. Another coach of the year candidate. This race this year, Colin, which you will decide, this no pressure. Is, this is a great race. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of candidates uh, for coach of the year. And, you know, uh, how far some of these teams go in the playoffs – certainly help decide that mm -hmm. but uh, let's move on with our top 10 countdown over to number five we have the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils uh, they are up two spots after uh, defeating West Hancock 66 to 30 uh, that game was a shootout from the beginning. I think both teams had a touchdown within the first minute or so. Uh, that uh, avenges a playoff loss last year. Uh, West Hancock knocked BHRA out of the playoffs last year, so Bismarck returns the favor this time around. Uh, Blue Devils had three players top 100 yards rushing. Caleb Leahy, 170 and four touchdowns. Five touchdowns, actually. Uh, Jacob Aikens, 160 and two touchdowns. Weston Strauser, uh, 120 and two touchdowns. So the Bismarck run game is uh, clicking on all cylinders. And uh, Bismarck will visit Tuscola on Saturday mm. for a second-round matchup. We will talk more about the Warriors a little later. But uh, next up, we have at number four, the Argenta Oriana Bombers. Uh, they defeated Cerro Gordo Bement 50-10 to uh, in a rematch uh, of a game from earlier this season. Uh, Argenta actually fell behind 7-0 uh, before scoring the next 50 points and running away with that game. Uh, Makai Stanley rushed for two touchdowns. Skyler Peterson rushed for another three touchdowns. And Colton Robinson picked off two passes for Argenta. Uh, as I mentioned before, the Bombers host Fisher on Saturday in the second round. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, the reason we can't have all eight teams advance because we ended up with two local-on-local mm -hmm. -local matchups, even in the round of uh, 16. Argenta facing Fisher and Tuscola facing Bismarck. And uh, 
you know, going hand in hand with that, back in the first round, we had a lot of uh, rematches from stuff that happened during the regular season. We had Argent against Saragordo. Mm-hmm. We had Tuscola against Villagrove Heritage. Uh, there was one other one. St. Joe Monticello. Thank you. St. Joe Monticello, yeah. which happened the week before, and uh, we'll talk more about that later when we get to the stages in the countdown. Really interesting how some of these matchups just were reborn, basically, uh, not long after they happened. I told you I didn't like any of them. All right, and, and I pr- was proven right, Colin, by the lopsided scores yes, of all three. Of that is all right? true. So they, I should say, not listening to me, I have no pull. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I don't know what to say about that. I don't know what you need to do. Maybe. Uh, How about avoid matchups, uh, re- rematches? You could. Is that too hard? Is it? It might extra be extra thirty miles on the bus. Yeah, it might be. It might be too hard. You never know. But anyway. uh, that's, right. uh, that's where we are right now. Where are you going to be Saturday, Colin? Well, it's you, funny you ask because I'm not going to be at a football game. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, I'm covering state cross country because that's where we're at right now. We're we're at state for cross country, and we got some kids who are contenders to win state mm-hmm. titles over uh, over in Peoria. So uh, I will take the uh, the Saturday off for football, but rest assured, I will be watching Twitter. I will be retweeting scores and uh, Matt Daniels and the crew back here, assuming Matt comes back healthy from his uh, stomach mm-hmm. uh, flu bug he's dealing with right now. Uh, he will lead the charge with all of our area scorekeeping on Saturday. Thank you for that medical update. Colin. Hey, I just wanted pe- people were probably wondering why Matt wasn't on the show tonight on uh, the sports talk that preceded us, and I just wanted to let everybody know Matt's a little under the weather, but he's going to be okay. All right, I say this every week. Colin's a beast on Twitter, so uh, follow him. He covers all the sports for News Gazette Media, soccer, cross soccer. country, Unfortunately, swimming. soccer is over. Swimming is yep. not. Swimming still got quite a ways to go actually all right but we're not going to let him off the football hook anytime no. soon all right he's got a good month left to go there you go all right well i want to get to the, our, the rest of our top 10 and uh, your week two your round two predictions after this break now back to the loman ray high school prep football confidential on news talk 1400 wds and light rock 97.5 whms all right, if you're over the devastating news that Colin won't be at a football game this Saturday, <laughs> I've got a remedy. I wonder, right. wonder how many people turned off the, the radios after after hearing that. Stormed out. <laughs> Anthony Zillis is going to be at a game for us, his popular video game of the week. Yes, L- love watching Anthony's those. Anthony's stuff is great. Probably be at Tuscola, I would guess. Yeah, I think that's we, a good game to go to. We have the Piatt County Journal-Republican covering the Monticello game. Yes. We'll have the Ford County record. All part of our vast News Gazette media empire. Everybody's right. going to be covered, so don't worry. We're good. Yeah. Go well, ahead. Go to cross country, Colin. I will. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I might uh, I might even relive my high school days and just join the race at some point. Is that right? I will lose badly, but mm-hmm. I will try. Didn't know that, Colin. I'm sorry. Cross country. I never made it to state as a runner, but I did run. So In Indiana, no less. In Indiana, where the, the uh, they run 3.1 miles, not three. But okay. it's neither here nor there. Let's, where uh, where uh, are we here? We are we are breaking away from football, so let's get back on track. Uh, let's go over to the uh, the top ten countdown. Uh, you know, it, it hasn't changed. It's not going to change right now until uh, some opposing teams make it change. So uh, checking in at number three, we have the Tuscola Warriors. Uh, the Warriors stay put as they have their most of the season. Uh, defeated Villagrove Heritage forty-two to six. Uh, Luke Sluter completed six of seven passes, but he was dangerous with those passes, uh, 164 yards and three touchdowns through the air. Brandon Douglas has become his favorite target, replacing uh, Dalton Hole, who graduated uh, earlier this year. Uh, Douglas caught two of those touchdown passes. 
Uh, Will Little and Braden Von Lincoln also returned from injury for Tuscola, which is a pretty important point. Uh, the Warriors have not been healthy throughout the year, and uh, they are getting back on track. I actually got to talk with uh, Warriors coach Andy Romine about that yesterday, uh, where the Warriors are at health-wise. We're not going to get any healthier than we were yesterday. You know, I mean, eventually we will. Our kids, hopefully, you know, but but not for the season. You know, it's it is is what it is as far as who we've got, and we got to hope to try to keep those kids healthy and prepared. And and uh, but yeah, I think um, you know we've got some kids who still haven't played very much football, and you know if we can keep if we can keep winning games, the the more they play, the the better our team's going to get, and it's going to get that way in a hurry. We think. That was Andy Romine, who is a frequent. Uh contributor to this show from the coaching ranks and uh his tuscola team is in a really tough 2a bracket mm-hmm. but uh, is gonna have to try and get past bismarck this week i think the move to 2a for them is a good thing it's right? uh, it, yeah i mean they have the experience to contend in 2a and uh i'm sure the kids don't mind it at all they probably play in 8a if you told them to so uh i think uh i think it is great and i think it makes for some really interesting matchups down the road should tuscola continue to win games 1a too easy for them when it was too easy, yeah. Yeah, uh, they, they almost won state. They were two points away, so maybe you're right. Maybe it was too easy for them. Uh, I'll, I'll ask Andy about that sometime. Okay. I'm sure he'll uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'll <laughs> stare at me like, what is wrong with you? Uh, let's move on in our uh, top ten countdown to number two, the Monticello Sages, who Jim is no longer pushing to be number nope, one I'm for, fine for with one at, week. I'm fine with them at number two. Monticello stays put at number two after defeating St. Joseph Ogden by literally the same score as it did last week, 50-7. to seven. Uh, Braden Snyder threw for 384 yards and three touchdowns. Devin Graham caught a 76-yard touchdown pass on the first play from scrimmage. Uh, Sages finished with 198 yards receiving. Actually, I'm sorry, Devin Graham finished with 198 yards receiving, not just the Sages. Uh, Monticello hosts Anna Jonesboro on Saturday in second-round action. Devin Graham's mother, Nikki Graham, liked that I was pushing the Sages yeah? for number one. Oh, absolutely. She All should. Right. She's, a, she's a supporter of the, the Monticello Sages, which has – they would be a contender for a, a leading fan base in the area. Certainly. But as good as she is, she did not work on my daughter's teeth. <laughs> So I have to. Did did she have that option? I mean, was that a what, what is I her did, day job? I did not call her. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like she, if she's not a dentist, then it's probably a good thing. But uh, moving on from the Monticello Sages, we will go to our number one team for the two hundred and seventy second week in a row, roughly. Hmm. It's the Gibson City Melvin Sibley. Uh, Falcons. I almost called them the Sages. Uh, the Falcons stay put after defeating Watsika by a score that sounds fictional. 76-6 to mm. six in the first round. Uh, it was 70-6 to six at halftime. That's the most points in program history for Gibson City. So it's uh, not just a defensive team over there. And uh, the Gibson City defense probably uh, going through some, uh, some extra workouts after giving up its first first-half touchdown of the entire season. Uh, although it was on a kick return, so you can't even really blame the defense for that. Uh, but the Falcons on offense were pretty good, too. 406 rushing yards. Uh, Jared Trantina rushed for 149 and two touchdowns. He also recovered a fumble and sprinted it into the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, the Falcons host Chicago Hope Academy in a 1-8 seed uh, matchup in Class 2A on Saturday. Did I see in today's paper, Colin, that the Falcons have outscored their opponents Five hundred eighteen to thirty. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, pretty outrageous, and uh, 
the the count for their tw- well now it's a 24 game win streak but their 23 game win streak that uh, before the win over Watsika the count was something like 1032 to 137 which mm. um, is somewhat lopsided especially when you consider uh, they gave up 32 points in the state title game so that accounts for like a fifth of the 137 so it's uh pretty ridiculous what the falcons are doing right now super talented class and i got to catch up with one member of uh, their senior group bryce barnes he talked to me about that offensive firepower that was on display against watsika it's pretty cool um you know uh, our offense really really played well and our defense made stops and put our offense in good positions and our line just blocked their tails off and gave our running backs wide open holes to run i guess however far they ran so it was pretty awesome we just go out there and play the game and uh we'll score however many points we need to score to win i think coach allen was pretty upset when uh kate elliott scored on that uh qb sneak to get it get it to 70 i think he was pretty upset because he didn't like he was running the score up and when he scored he was he was uh upset but he was also happy kate got a touchdown so it was kind of funny to see that on the sideline yeah, uh, Mike, Mike Allen was, was right next to Bryce Barnes when he gave that quote, so <laughs> Mike could either confirm or deny that if you wanted to. He didn't say anything, so I'll, I'll assume Bryce was probably in the right there. But, you know, sometimes your offense is just clicking, and the Falcons were clearly uh, firing on all cylinders on Friday night. All right, like most games, if you read it in the News Gazette, you might see a couple pictures like mm-hmm. from Friday night's game. But if you go to our website, you're going to find about 20 more pictures. Robin Schultz, our photo editor, was... In Gibson City last yes. Friday night, uh, caught some great photos. Yep, I couldn't uh, couldn't join her. I was covering uh, Champaign Central boys soccer, but mm-hmm. Robin uh, pulling the pulling the slack and uh, making sure we had some good football representation in Saturday's News Gazette. Some of our more popular photos at our website are those uh, portraits that are shot each sports season. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, before we uh, jump off to uh, talk just uh, about the, the the second round playoff uh, matchups as a whole. One more item from Gibson City. I did talk with Coach Mike Allen. Uh, He spoke with me about some of the newer faces on this very experienced team making an impact right now. That's what everybody kept saying. You know, how how, how are you going to replace, you know, Mitchell McNutt? And and you don't replace running backs like that. You know, Mitchell and and Jared are two different style runners. Um, And and what Jared's been able to accomplish going from pullback back to tailback this year is just outstanding. And we're happy for him to have that opportunity. But... You know, the line is the key, and and moving Josh Blyto tackle and having him and Hayden as outside, you know, tackles, and then Joe Allen, uh, Lane, Jordan Lee, uh, Garrett Wright there at guards have done a fabulous job getting out, you know, trap blocking for us, sweet blocks, and then Keegan Kudemeyer replacing Austin or Alex Rosenbaum at center last year. That was that was probably one of the biggest keys on our team, and uh, Keegan has done a phenomenal job coming in. Long snapping, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, even under center, uh, when Nathan's under center, getting out and, and, and blocking, just done a fabulous job, and then going to play linebacker. So, the confidence of the kids, you know, is there. The offense is clicking, and hopefully, continues to roll like that. Next. And uh, that was Mike Allen Gibson's city coach. And uh, Mike would not like what we were doing during his interview. We were looking ahead. <laughs> we were looking oh, ahead. We were, we were discussing. Uh, we were discussing possible third round oh, playoff matchups. We haven't even looked at, at the second round yet. We're already going to the third oh, round. They hate that stuff. You know uh, who Gibson City <laughs> could play for a state championship? They could oh, play you're Tuscola. Lo- you're looking way ahead now. Colin. They could play Bismarck. Okay, there could be some good matchups there in two A. Argena could play Arcola in a state semi, or a, not state semifinal, but a semifinal matchup. 
Uh, there could be a Maroa Foresight Tuscola matchup on the horizon in 2A. Mm. That would be a lot of fun to watch. Tell me you were just at Maroa for soccer. That field is sweet. That's a beautiful uh, facility. Uh, well lit, too, which is nice for us. But, yeah, beautiful uh, facility out there and uh, great for soccer. I imagine it's also great for football. Got positive uh, vibes from Tommy Stewart Field this year. That, oh, yeah. That uh, kind of transition to turf. It's just uh, – it was just – yeah, the field looks great. It was just uh, unfortunate that, you know, so many of the games that were going on there – were at times that you know the the fan support wasn't really in mm-hmm. full force like it would have been, and it seems like that might be the way it goes in the future. But uh, you know, people will adjust to it. Those uh, you know, following that story, uh, several of the uh, Central and Centennial and Danville and Urbana games were pushed to daytime starts out of fear oh, of, sure. of perhaps more violence, and that not only hurt the football players, it hurt the band members, mm-hmm. their parents, it yep. hurt the cheerleaders, it yep. hurt uh, concession sales. But it's, you know, it's it makes sense. Uh, you don't, you're, if you have the option to do something to not put people at risk of danger, go ahead and do it. It makes sense. I mean, that's just my opinion, but... Let's uh let's get back on a more positive topic here to cap off the show. Uh, well, we we yeah. won't look too far ahead anymore. Let's talk about some some second round matchups. Well, I, I I'll let you talk about them, but I also need winners, right? Because you your, 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 your predictions run in Thursday's. Paper. Now you are going to get me in trouble yes. with coaches. Enough of this positive stuff. Enough of that. <laughs> All right, your predictions are in Thursday's paper, but yeah. I don't want to wait that long, Colin. Yeah. I need to know who of We're these on. area teams are going to win. Interesting thing this week for the predictions, since we only have eight teams left, uh, we have to start picking some uh, some games that don't even have an area team. So we're going to have some uh, interesting predictions in uh, Thursday's News Gazette. Don't try to skirt my question. I need to know. Well, which let's of these start area with teams. the let's start with the actual matchups first, so people know if they want to go to All a right. game, they can get out there. So let's start in Class Three A. Uh, Carlinville, a second seed, is visiting Paxton. Uh, 2 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Anna Jonesboro, 8-2, and two, an 8 seed, going to Monticello, undefeated, 1 seed, 3 p.m. Uh, Chicago Hope Academy, an 8 seed in Class 2A. We're on to Class 2A now. Uh, visiting number 1 seed, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, which hasn't lost since 2016. That's a 2 p.m. game. Uh, 6 seed, Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin, 9-1, taking on 3 seed, Tuscola, 9-1 in Tuscola. That's a 2 p.m. kick. Uh, eighth seeded Fisher, eight and two, taking on top seeded Argenta, undefeated ten and zero. That's a one p.m. Saturday start. That's our earliest game, and then six seed Arcola, eight and two, traveling to third seeded Concord Triopia, nine and one, a two p.m. kick on Saturday. Uh, you'll notice all those games are on Saturday too. That's kind of a like Jim mentioned earlier in the show. That's more of an IHSA uh, rule. Unless the two teams agree to play on Friday, you're supposed to be playing on Saturday. One other thing I wanted to bring up, just so people know this about the scheduling, how the hosting decisions work. Um, Basically, however many times uh, you've hosted a game in the playoffs specifically plays into who hosts the next game. So Paxton, which did not host its first-round game, gets to host this game because Carlinville did host its first-round game. In an instance where Anna Jonesboro and Monticello both hosted in the first round, the tie goes to the better-seeded team, so Monticello's hosting. So that's how that works for those who did not know. You're just trying to run out the show without giving predictions. Kyle. And also, so I wanted to talk about cross-country a little more <laughs> and swimming. And uh, All, well, right, all does, right, I'll make some predictions. Does PBL right. surprise Carlinville? I think PBL's going to hang with Carlinville. Uh, ultimately, I'm giving the nod to, to the Carlinville program. I think uh, they've got a little more firepower, and even though Paxton is at home and will make it close as a result, I'm going to go with Carlinville. 
Uh, sticking that's, stick. What's that? That's Jeff Graham on line one calling <laughs> back. <laughs> sticking uh, with three A. Uh, Monticello. I like Monticello over Anna Jonesboro. Monticello just looks really good right now. Um, I feel like they can storm through a lot of the 3A bracket right now personally, but that's just my my two cents. Uh, in 2A, uh, I can't pick against Gibson City right now. They just look too good. Uh, have them beating Chicago Hope Academy. Bismarck-Tuscola, that's that's a matchup right there because you've, uh, you've got a Bismarck team that put up 66 points last week, and you got a Tuscola team that's just now getting healthy. Uh, but ultimately, I think the extended playoff run from last year is going to benefit the Warriors. I think they knock off Bismarck in a game mm. that is a lot closer than either of their games were last week. Uh, Fisher-Argenta, Jake Palmer's going to hate me again, picking the picking the Bombers. Uh, but uh, like with uh, Paxton and Carlinville, I think Fisher's going to give Argenta a game. Uh, Argenta... Uh, their their schedule has not been as strong as uh, some others who are one seeds, and I think uh, Fisher is is going to give them a heck of a fight. But I think Argenta will pull it out in the end. And then Arcola Concord, I got to have one upset in there. I'm going to go for Arcola on the road, taking it down against Concord. They got all these young players who are playing without fear. Uh, they're so confident right now. I think it'll lead them to a win. All right, those uh, picks along with the uh, picks of our staff members will be in. Thursday's News Gazette. Yes, you uh, you can find some more people to yell at beyond me if I just picked against your team right now. State rankings in Wednesday's paper. The top ten in tomorrow's paper. Yes, sir. All right, Colin, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. You too, Jim. That's going to put a wrap on this edition of the Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. We'll be back to recap the second round of playoffs next week. Look ahead to the third round as well. Up next, we've got the Lovey Smith Show from Buffalo Wild Wings. Brian Barnhart down there getting ready to go. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.